You're listening to the Local Open Mic Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Heath, and today we talk with Charlotte Campbell. Charlotte is best understood as the eternal upbeat artist. Her songs could fit in just about any feel-good movie or TV show, even Disney productions. Charlotte is never one to add filler lyrics to her music. She bravely has published a complete song at just 2 minutes and 15 seconds. You've got to hear this song. It's an amazing tune. She was cast in theater productions at a young age on the west end of London. Think New York City's Broadway. She dreamed of being an actress and a musical theater star, but her dancing skills fell short. It was during this time that Charlotte's mother suggested she learn guitar, telling her she could still sing and stay standing still. After playing guitar for five years, Charlotte began to busk and by all accounts has developed a loyal and growing international following across many platforms. We play five of Charlotte's songs and get the backstory to each as we explore her musical journey. And today we have with us Charlotte Campbell. How are you doing, Charlotte? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How is it over in London? It's okay, you know. It's uh, it's uh, it's pretty good. I mean, I'm a big fan of London anyway, and it's obviously been a bit strange recently. But actually, London, it, it always just keeps going. You know, <laughs> it just always, it's, it's always plodding along. So it's no secret to the people that listen to the podcast that I troll the internet for talent to interview because we're a startup podcast. We, our space is interviewing people about their musical journey. Uh, I started noticing you some time ago, although I only committed to following you about uh, maybe three months ago, which is not to say you didn't come up on my searches all the time because you did. <laughs> Once you start following somebody, it always comes up. I really enjoy your music and your, well, thank you. your way Thanks. about you. You have a, a wonderful disposition, I think, which I can't actually say about everybody that I've seen on YouTube. <laughs> Sometimes they're, you know, can be a little gnarly and and all. Most people try and put a good foot forward, but you in particular have always been very pleasant. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I try. <laughs> It's genuine on my part to say that to you. Uh, I wouldn't be saying it if it wasn't, of course. <laughs> so what's been going on in the last year for you? This has been a wild year and you've got some new releases. And Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for all musicians, obviously, the pandemic has been a strange time and we've all kind of had to adapt. But I feel like I've kind of adapted well enough, you know, and uh, so I just, I just tried to be as productive as possible as I could with the time at home. So I ended up recording some new music remotely with a producer. So I, I, uh, I invested in, in a microphone and I started working on uh, in a little cupboard. I padded my, my cupboard out with things so that I could record vocals and guitar and then send them over to a producer and we worked on them remotely. So I actually uh, put together a whole album uh, since uh, March of 2020. I've been working on an album and I'm just finishing it uh, this wow. week. Wow, that's, uh, that's yeah. impressive. So Thank you. when you say a little <laughs> closet, are, do you mean literally a closet? Uh, yeah, it's like a storage cupboard that uh, so we keep coats and uh, the ironing board in there. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I used to use an ironing board for a keyboard stand. I use it for that sometimes too. And also for streaming, live streaming, I, I would put my laptop on it for a, as a stand for that. So it's, it's a, it has a lot of uses. Not much ironing goes on, on the ironing board, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, ironing boards way back uh, in the day when I started doing this were so inexpensive. And by contrast, the keyboard stands were really expensive. You know, the the X ones and they, they yeah. have all sorts of them now. And it's the same function. So it's uh, it's an economic choice that you make. I, I think, spent yeah. about $13 US to get a, a brand new ironing board and I could adjust it on the fly if I needed to. I could sit Perfect. down and, and it worked really well. So uh, ironing boards, I'm a fan of. I am Always too. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about that new album you've done a little bit. Why don't you share that a little bit? 
Yeah, well, I, I so I recorded, it's 12 tracks, uh, yes, and Magical I've been in the process. 12. Yeah, I think it's a good number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about maybe one more, just like, like lucky for some at 13, but Baker's I think 12 dozen. is good. Go yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think I'm, I'm going to stick with 12. And then so I've been slowly releasing those songs uh, over the last uh, year as I've, as I've kind of finished them and then had time to put them out. I've been working on those. So, yeah, and then I've got, so I've actually released six of them already, and then the other six are going to come out with the album so I've kind of done them as singles and then yeah so it's, it's been a, it's been a fun year actually in that sense you know I've met, tried to make the most of it do you always release things to streaming platforms I've always been a lover of CDs and releasing things as albums yeah, which I think too. even yeah. yeah and I, I think it seems to be almost a dying art most people are focused on the streaming so I, I've actually this will be my fourth album and previously I've always just done it as released the album as a CD and that's how I want it to come out but because the focus does seem to be on streaming more recently. I'm, I'm trying to sort of play the game a bit more and release singles so that, you know, people's attention spans are quite uh, less than they once were. So so I'm uh, I'm releasing singles to try and entice people into listening to just the one song, you know, bite-sized piece. And then uh, I am, but I am going to put the album onto a CD uh, once it's finished and, and ready. So uh, I will do a CD, yeah. I like having the physical media. And some of this goes back to years ago when I was first ripping songs into mp3 format for my players or my phones or whatever there really was not these streaming platforms of course i really valued having that cd in case my other media sort of went belly up i could re-rip it i could put it on there i always had it it was something physical i could touch of the artist and that meant a lot more to me than purchasing the songs digitally you know, yeah, so. and I think there are a lot of people that still like that. Even if they listen to the songs online, they like to have the physical copy, you know, either to show their support for the artist or just to, yeah, to feel like they've got a, something a little bit closer and uh, they're actually involved in the in the album in some way. So, yeah. You worked with somebody, another producer. Where were they from? From Birmingham. So I live in London and this producer, I, I, li I loved his work, but I wasn't uh, sure if we would ever get to work together because he was based in Birmingham and I'd kind of never considered doing things remotely. So I was like, I'm not going to go to Birmingham. So, so how far <laughs> uh, is Birmingham from you? Um, it's about two and a half hours, which I know in, in the States and Canada, that doesn't sound like very far, but we, you know, the UK is quite small, so <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, we don't, we don't drive like long distances all the time. And, and they're just, I just, I was so busy as well. I'd never really found the time to do much recording at all, let alone to travel up to a different part, different city in the UK. So, uh, yeah, so it was quite exciting. I mean, not exciting is the wrong word maybe, but when the lockdown came, I was like, how can I make an opportunity of this? And I thought I've really wanted to work with this producer, but never found the time and now we've got the situation where we need to do this remotely and so I'm just going to jump on it and use this this opportunity and I'm really glad I did I've really enjoyed working with him he's a really talented guy and I feel like yeah so did you record your music to a computer or to some other hardware recording device? just to my laptop yeah so I've been using uh, Logic Pro and then I bought an Ashton uh, mic and an audience interface and I just recorded to a click um, the guitar parts and the vocal parts, sent them over. He added a bit of bass, some piano, sometimes some drums if it needed it, uh, and then sent them back. And then I redid the parts because the feel kind of changes once you add the other instruments. So I, uh, I ended up redoing the parts. So I sort of lay down a skeletal, skeleton track. So I, I really enjoyed the process, to be honest. I've always found recording, like I prefer to perform live. That's that's what I really enjoy doing. So the recording has always kind of been something that I felt like I've had to do, you know, to in order to release music, which I, I like to do as well, but I like to perform it live mostly. But doing it at home meant I, I kind of didn't have the pressure of the studio. I could just do as many takes as I liked and I was on my own. So I felt like I could sort of relax more and maybe be a bit silly sometimes. And yeah, just, I really enjoyed it actually. And I, I enjoyed the process of doing it remotely i've never heard anybody say that when they're recording they could just be a little silly about it yeah well sometimes i want to have a little bit of a dance so you know I, yeah, I want to dance like no one's watching but it's hard to do that in the studio when someone is you know so oh, I get yeah. That. yeah yeah well, let's get to one of your songs i have a song queued up here that i have to tell you from my point of view having interviewed a lot of people at this point i think is absolutely brilliant and i want to know the backstory to the song nothing 
Okay, great. Yeah. So nothing I actually, um, I wrote when I was in, I went to Nashville, Tennessee. I basically, I have a friend that lives in, over in California and we are kind of like long distance friends and we wanted to hang out with each other and we decided to meet up in Nashville mid, kind of midway. And when we got there, we were so excited to see each other that, you know, we, we, you know, we were excited to be in Nashville, but we also decided to just hang out with each other. So I wrote this song about the fact that we both traveled all this way. And in the end, we didn't even do a lot of the things that you should do when you're in a new place. Like, you know, we, we were invited to a party and we turned it down because we just wanted to go home and watch The Crown together. <laughs> so, uh, and we just sort of hung the out crown. in the Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched yeah. that, by the way. I, I really like that. It's a good show, right? Yeah, so, it yeah is. it is. It's gripping. Right. So uh, gripping. I like. <laughs> yes, that. and then so uh, on on the way home, I wondered if maybe I'd wasted that trip, you know, and I hadn't made the most of being there. But I thought, no, I I didn't because sometimes you need to get away from your home to actually really enjoy doing nothing at all, <laughs> and that's what we did. And it was one of the best, most relaxing times I've had because I was just away from my normal home and away from all the realities of life, and I was just in a whole new place doing nothing. <laughs> and so here it is, the song "Nothing." Remember that time we did nothing, we had nowhere to be We didn't have a whole lot of cash so we just stayed at home and watched TV Remember that time we did something making some new memories We both agreed it was more than we needed, all that we need comes for free Oh, I would travel the whole world Just to do nothing with you Would you like to do nothing with me too? Remember that time we spent all our money Flying to somewhere new We walked around that on familiar town looking for something to do remember that time we stayed up all night bearing our souls face to face in the back of my mind i thought we're wasting our time but at least we've got time we can waste oh i would travel the whole world just to do That's brilliant. I love that song. Thank you. It's, it's <laughs> a happy so song. Yeah, I love writing happy music. I write. I do write, like love uh, happy songs. <laughs> well, it. I'll tell you what. You met that standard and more because uh, that's a song that you just. You know, it's like Simon and Garfunkel kicking oh, down the cobblestone. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. Da 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 and feeling groovy. Okay, <laughs> I may edit the singing part out. You shouldn't. It was beautiful. <laughs> uh, great song. I really like that song. And the fact that you did it so short is, I can't tell you how brave that is, because in the world we're living today, in the streaming world, people will keep listening to that song because they go, I need a pick-me-up. Let's do nothing. And there yeah. it is. Right? Right now, is yeah. that on your latest project also? It's actually not. It actually is from my last album that came out, which actually came out in 2017. So quite a while back that I wow. recorded that one. Yeah. And um, I think we wanted to keep it short. Yeah. Because it was kind of more like a ditty almost, you know, I mean, it, you know, still a song, I guess, but it kind of, uh, yeah, just a, a quick moment in time. You so know? when you write a song, are you conscious of the length or do you just let the the inspiration go and you write it and you do it because yeah. most of your songs are under three and a half minutes. 
Yeah, I think I I just it's really important to me with my my songs and the words that I I just I want them to say something and I don't want them to say something for the sake of saying something. So I feel like I want to say what I want to say and once I've said it that's it. <laughs> that's and the end. Say it and we're out. You've been busy this last year. Tell us about say in the last 5 years how things have been going because you mentioned your last project was 2017. So that's yeah. quite a quite a gap. That takes us back to you know, four years at least. So fill us in. Well, I mean, I guess I haven't even really got into, I'd say what is one of my main parts of my life and, and my, my brand and, and my, just my career really is, um, is street performing and busking. So I do a lot of um, street performing in London and that's, that's really where I've made it. I feel like a, not a name for myself, but it, you know, a name for myself as far as my name goes. <laughs> um, I do a lot of busking and, and street performing. And um, so I've just, I've been busy with that. And what that's really led for me is a lot of um, other gigs and opportunities where people have seen me busking and then booked me for all sorts of things I've done tours in Germany and uh, tours in Switzerland and Austria and things like that mostly from people who'd seen me busking and and booked me Uh, so I've just been so busy with performing live since my last album in 2017 that I hadn't made the time to record I'm always writing but I just hadn't made any time to record so when the pandemic came it was like that was my sign to actually sit down and record the songs I've been writing for the last four years. But over the last, yeah, five years or so, I've just been performing live and playing lots of shows across London and lots of busking and and street performing, yeah. Where in London do you specifically like to busk the most? I would say the spot where most people who follow me have seen me is uh, just down by the London Eye, which is a big like Ferris wheel in London. It was actually the Millennium Eye. It was built for in 2000 and it was only meant to be temporary. But here we are in 2021. It's still there. And uh, yeah, it's along the river. So uh, your backdrop is like the London Eye, Big Ben, Parliament and the River Thames. So it, wow. it's like iconic London where I love All to play. All the usual suspects, as I yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. Great. That's wonderful. But another thing that struck me about you when I was doing my research on you is that you approach busking as part of your professional approach. You post your schedule, your five days a week, most of the time, from what I can tell. Yeah. You don't always busk in the same spot, but you do enough that if people know your kind of your regular days, they know they can swing by and get a good pick-me-up from Charlotte. I hope so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a great <laughs> yeah. strategy. Now, what caused you to want to start doing it that way? Because most buskers don't do that. So that really mm. stands out. Well, I guess I I started busking really just to promote my music. And so I started busking down on the South Bank because it had it was quite a busy area. So obviously that is a good busking pitch, you know, if it's if it's busy. And so I started busking down in that area. And I just found that the more I did it, then people would message me on social media saying, when are you there again? And then, or they'd say, I was there this week and you weren't there. And I started to feel like, oh, I missed people. I, I missed, you know, fans and, and, you know, customers in a way. Well, that and really I felt like shows it was, they're connecting with you. Yeah, you know, exactly. For them to reach out like that. Yeah, yeah. And it, and all of that kind of just made me realize that, you know, if I if I could be there on a regular basis and kind of be in a place where I could say, come and find me, you know where I am. I'm in this, you know, I'm in the same spot. Then uh, it would really I would really be able to build a connection and, and uh, you know, regular people that would come down and, and see me. And that's just kind of what I did. And I've actually been doing that since 2012. So uh, it'll coming on 10 years now that I've just been uh, just steadily playing away down by the river. And I do I do the odd spot elsewhere I know it's nice it's nice to expand your horizons but I always find myself coming back to the same spot have you written a song about being down by the river I have actually uh it's called on the south bank um so uh that's but I didn't send you that one but (laughs) sorry I have have quite a few so I uh I can send it to you though oh but it's too late now in my song streets of London I don't know what you've got queued up next for us but uh that song does talk about being being by the riverside and uh yeah The next song I wanted to talk about, and I think it may have gotten some traction and some attention from the BBC called Blur. Tell us about that song. Yes. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this song, uh, Blur, is a song from my recent releases uh, that I recorded at home. It's a song that I I wrote in the last couple of years about past relationships and kind of reminiscing being 
young and young and in love and thinking that that person was the most important thing in the whole world. And not only that, but that you were also the most, you know, the center of each other's universes. And then looking back on it and almost thinking, oh, I was, I was so naive and I was so young still. And it all kind of just feels like a blur. But at the, at the time, it was the most important thing, the most clear and crystal clear thing that there was. And I actually was inspired to write it because I was, I was overhearing a, a conversation when I was in a nail salon and a girl was on the phone to someone who she obviously was close with at a time. She was saying that she wouldn't take him as a plus one to her sister's wedding because she'd never told her family who he was, but you know, that they used to go out, but now they're just friends. But That's from their, com- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and from their conversation, I could tell that maybe they were just friends, but there was, you know, some, a spark there or whatever. And I thought I've, I've been in that situation before, maybe kept in touch with somebody that it, I shouldn't have, you know, you know, and uh, it just, there was a lot of feelings there that it brought up and I, I just kind of sat down to, to reminisce my own young love and other people's and, and I said this is what came out. And so the BBC now is I think you announced they're playing it for a second time as an intro. Yes yeah it got played on uh, in Hereford and, and Worcestershire because I filmed the music video around that area so it got picked up by them and they've played it and uh, yeah it seems to be uh, listed on, on, the, on their um, playlist somewhere so, so it's there is uh, really a video exciting. of this also. There is a music video on YouTube, yeah. We'll talk about that later in, you know, the interview. We'll make sure everybody knows how to get to your social media. But here is the song, Blur. The details are hazy now. I don't know what we thought about. Don't know who we thought we were It's easy to say it now But I knew it wouldn't work out Consistently inconsistent Oh, I never told my mother about you I couldn't get the words out before we were through Cause you were a blur A hurricane of hurt a storm with no calm first And I was the same or worse And I don't know who we thought we were I'm glad that we kept in touch You call me but not too much We laugh about it sometimes you say that someday we will i know it's a joke but still consistently inconsistent oh i never told my mother about you i couldn't get the words out before we were through because you were a blur a hurricane of hurt a storm with no calm first And I was the same or worse You were a blur A whirlwind and a flirt The world's worst introvert And I was the same or worse And I don't know who we thought we were This was never love, just a fire that burned Flashbacks from the past and Lessons learned. I taught you and you taught me. Catalyst in history. Oh, we, we were a blur, a hurricane of hurts, a storm with no calm first. Cause being young is a curse. You were a blur, a whirlwind and a flirt, the world's worst introvert. an emotional song yeah yeah (laughs) i love to try and write things that i hope everybody will put their own meaning to i guess so like the stories is interesting but it's always nice that people have their own experiences that they can put to it you know 
What has been the highlight for you in the last five years, musically speaking, for your career? Um, I think having built like a, a fan base and built sort of like loyal listeners, um, I've played some really amazing shows in London uh, in sort of some of the, the biggest independent artist venues in London, especially one of them is an old church called uh, St. Pancras Old Church. So it's in uh, King's Cross. And um, I managed to sell that out, which is quite a feat for an indie artist. And um, it was the most incredible night. And especially because the audience were just, you know, so, um, you know, listening and and quiet and and respectful. And, And also, but then again, singing along to certain songs, which just really is so touching as a songwriter to have people know the words to your, your song. So that was a real highlight for me. That certainly puts you in a class that most buskers can't say. You know, I get a sense that you do most of your most of your original music when you busk. Is that Yeah, I do a real mix. I also okay. do a lot of covers to draw people in, but yeah, generally the aim is to draw in a crowd so that then I can tell them a story and and play them an original song. I I haven't seen you publish though on YouTube too many covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, would that be accurate to say that when you're going to publish something on YouTube, you want it your own music as opposed to a cover? I used to do more covers than I do now. I think when I first started on YouTube, yeah, the aim was a, a bit the same way with busking. I was aiming to build a following by posting covers. And then uh, and then now I, I have more people listening that I can just post my originals. But I do, um, I do a sort of artist alphabet on YouTube. So I, I try and make my way through the alphabet just to kind of keep me learning new songs for busking, mostly. Is that <laughs> cover an alphabet songs. of artists or alphabet of song titles? Alphabet of artists, yeah. And so which artists do you like to cover? Which one? Oh. You seem to sing their songs well. I really like doing my own little twists on Beatles songs. I'm a big Beatles fan, so I like to, to do Beatles songs. I, uh, I find Ed Sheeran songs quite I don't want to say easy to cover but you know he uses the 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 four chord uh trick very well I think he's actually a really talented songwriter and I find his songs really simple to cover and and to make your own so I I enjoy covering songs by him but I do a real mix I do a lot of of different artists uh yeah I do I do a lot it's hard to say really those are the two repeated artists that I do but I I I'm trying to have a song by pretty much any artist so if you came up to make a request I could say I don't do that one but I can do a different song by the same artist yeah (laughs) there's a guy uh, from Florida one of his sticks is that he lets people from the audience suggest songs and right there even if he doesn't know it you know it's the proverbial well hum a few bars and they'll hum a few bars and he sort of gets it and he'll play it right then it's really quite an amazing uh, thing so do you find that that's something you can kind of pull off too, or or do you always yeah, go yeah. to stuff you've done before? No, it's uh, one of my par- party tricks actually. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, uh, I have I, like a, I have a well, you know, or, or a gig trick. But when I'm doing a, a covers gig, I also I take requests and I've got this app. Um, ultimate, it's just ultimate guitar, but it's really uh, it's really really good for chords and things. I I can't really do things that if I've never heard the song before. But if anyone requests a song that I've listened to before once or twice and I could hum you the melody then yeah I can I can look up the chords and uh, find a good key and, and give it my best rendition yeah oh, especially wonderful. if they're going to sing along too yeah so how long have you been playing guitar I've been playing guitar for wow 15 years yeah about 15 years 15 um, years and it you started makes me well, feel very old three. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, no I started when I was in my mid-teens uh, so yeah I am uh, getting on so yeah I, I, when I think about how long I've been playing I'm like wow half my life yeah <laughs> do you play anything else I started uh, learning music on the flute so I, I play the flute as well but I, I say I play the flute I have played the flute. I haven't played the flute in many years, <laughs> but I could probably play the flute if, if you handed me one now. And that's it, really. I would love to play the piano, but I, I can't do more than play a few chords, maybe the Rugrats, and that's it, really. <laughs> it was one of my things to, on my pandemic to-do list, but I never quite got around to it. We have got a, a dusty old keyboard somewhere in the, in the, in the vocals cupboard. So. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the... Uh... Ironing board. board, yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Tell us about the song London. 
Well, so I, as I say, I've been a, a busker and a street performer for many years. And um, I, yeah, I wanted to write a song about being a busker because, I mean, it, it just felt like it was such a big part of who I am and how, how most people discover my music. So um, I thought I would write a song, you know, about being a busker. So I came up with this concept of like music on the streets of London and I wanted something that people could sing along to. So I kind of just sang this little little thing where it goes, ba, 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 ba. There's music on the streets of London. And I was kind of like, I kind of like that. It's, you know, it, I want it to be like something that people could sing along no matter where, what language they speak, because there are people from all over the world who, who, who come to London and would hear me playing on the streets of London. And so, yeah, this is a, a song that I wrote about that, about being a busker and just about how much joy it brings me really to, to be playing on the streets of London. And that's uh, what the song's about. Well, it's a great song too. Here we Thank go you. with London. Tell you, I see, I see a theme here with your music, and it all is just very upbeat. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, a lot, a lot of my stuff is really upbeat. It is. Uh... So tell us, uh, what got you interested in music to begin with? I mean, this goes probably way back, at least fifteen years or more. But uh, yeah. tell us about that. <laughs> Uh, well, I'd say my main interest in music started off with like musical theatre because my uh, parents and my grandparents were both really big into into musical theatre. And so uh, my grandparents actually met through local amateur dramatics and performing. And then my parents also met through their amateur dramatics and performing. So uh, musical theatre is kind of a, a big thing in our, our family. And that means that from a very young age, I wasn't afraid to sing really. It wasn't something that I ever felt shy about because everyone sang. Uh, it was just like a, you know, we, we, we sang for fun. Like we would go on long car journeys with my grandparents and we didn't have iPads or Game Boys or, you know, even we didn't even really take books with us. We just sang. They, they taught us old war songs that they knew when they were children. And we would just go, what, what are we singing next? We'd sing for hours. So I think that, it was kind of just, it seemed like a really natural thing for me that singing is something that you do for joy 
and uh, I've always carried that with me. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, I, I really got into listening to music when I was a teenager, you know, branching away from musical theatre and war songs. <laughs> I, I started listening to, uh, well, my parents played a lot of, um, my mum my had a vinyl player growing up. So she played a lot of Beatles, uh, a lot of Carole King, uh, Joni Mitchell, all that kind of stuff. So I listened to that a lot growing up. And then uh, I started to, to find my own tastes and still enjoyed a lot of that that music that I'd listened to from on her vinyl player and yeah it just it was just it it's always been such an integral part of my life I can't really remember a time in my life where music wasn't there and so you picked up the guitar what caused you to start with the guitar well I so as I said I was quite into musical theater and I was I, I did a show on the West End when I was a child so which is our like Broadway basically um so I was cast in, in a show in the West End and I wanted to be an actress and a musical theater star um but I started to go to auditions and um I would always fall down I'm not physically but maybe sometimes at the dance uh, audition <laughs> um and I was just not a very good dancer I was a fine actress and and a fairly good singer but I, I wasn't good enough at dancing so my mum I would, was really upset often about that because I felt like my dreams would never come true so my mum said well why don't you get a guitar and then you can stand still and perform <laughs> and you don't have to dance you can just you can sing but you can just stand still and it's just kind of a solution really to the fact that I have no moves so uh yeah she brought me a guitar and and said sort of let's try you know I know that you have talent as a singer um so let's try this and if you want to if you want to learn it and I and I did I really took to it it felt like I it gave me the voice that I wanted from from singing and uh and then it, it also gave me the creativity to start writing my own songs as well what was your first busking experience like well my first busking experience I would say the first time I did it I didn't do it on the south bank I just did it sort of locally to where I lived it was pretty daunting <laughs> and I didn't ha I didn't really think about anything like amplification or anything like that I just went out with my guitar and I, I was playing just by the river and no one could really even hear me I don't think and then a, a guy was walking past and and he tipped me a five pounds which I was totally shocked by I was amazed at this money and um and he also said I think if you go and try sort of under the, the little bridge down there. He was like, the acoustics will be much better for you. And I was like, okay. And I did, and, and it, he was right, you know, because you can, it sort of bounced off the walls a little more and it had a sort of reverb to it that I really liked. And uh, uh, yeah, and I think I made about 15 pounds, which I, as a teenager, I was thrilled about. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I didn't, it was, that was one off sort of experience and I never did it again until then into my twenties. I, uh, I just kind of put that idea to bed. Uh, and then I, I started up again in my early 20s after I'd finished university and I was kind of looking to make some money after uni and to promote my music. And I, I got a little amplifier and I went down to the South Bank and, uh, and just pitched up and I didn't know what to expect, but I, I, I found a sort of home there. So you didn't actually start really busking until what, your early 20s? Yes, yeah, exactly. I'd say my first busking experience, I sort of did this one-off one as a teenager, which I remember sort of vividly. But then, uh, yeah, other than that, that I did no other busking. I just uh, started off going down to the South Bank, and that's where I stayed. Did you start with your own <laughs> tunes or with covers? A real mix. At that time, I, I was uploading to YouTube, so I'd sort of been learning some cover songs just to upload to YouTube. So I had like a, a little set list of probably 10 covers and then five of my own songs, and I just played those on a loop. <laughs> a lot of buskers do looping. Do you use a looper? I have one. Yeah, I have a loop pedal. I tried it a couple of times. I find it doing it live quite daunting. And sometimes I've, I just find that it's a lot of the same tricks. Like every song has to start with you setting up the loop. As we discussed earlier, sometimes I just like to get into the song and say what I want to say. <laughs> and all of the kind of faff that it involves with the loop pedal, I don't always enjoy. But I, I have incorporated it more into my performing. But I don't often take it busking. What I like to do is have it for my live gigs so that when people come and see me live at a venue it adds an extra layer so if you sure. see me busking I'm just acoustic and then you come and see the live show it's got this kind of extra element to it which uh, looper do you have I have the boss um RC 20 oh okay I've had a RC 20 XL myself oh cool yeah 
you're a boss person. Good for you. I am, yeah. Good for yeah. you. What was your first guitar? I think it was just a sort of Yamaha one, but the first one that I got that was like, I am a guitarist. You know, you, you have the ones that you sort of learn on that are just basic. Um, and then the first time that we went to a guitar shop and bought me a guitar, it was a Tanglewood. Tanglewood. Um, and I really liked it. Do you have those? I don't know if it's a UK brand. We have Tanglewood here. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just yeah. the UK. Yeah, Tanglewood yeah. is uh, it's sold uh, both in the US and Canada. Uh, more in the U.S., I think, than in Canada. Uh, if we, I mean, speaking of guitar brands, I I have to give a shout out to uh, Luna Guitar, which I, is the brand that I play now. Um, oh, I actually okay, have three Luna. Lunas. Yeah, and I um I I got my first uh, Luna guitar when I was 21. I got it for my 21st birthday, and it was this beautiful henna design one. I've you've probably seen. It's one of their kind of main ones, and just so beautiful and such a lovely guitar to play busking. So many people would stop and just be so in awe of the guitar and want to come and talk to me about it which was a lovely thing to have you know a conversation starter in the guitar itself and the aesthetic of it um so i have to admit that they since then luna have been really generous and have sent me two free guitars and a ukulele for free um because i i've always been such a loyal luna uh, player since i got my my luna um i was playing it on the south bank um constantly and always kind of sharing how much i loved this luna guitar so since then they have been very generous so i now am in possession of three lunas and a luna ukulele yeah. they are my brand of choice they're, they're not super uh, well known here in the uk they're not that easy to source out from the because i think they're made in florida uh, and uh, so they're not often uh, found in the UK. I just happened to to find my my original one in a in a little shop on Denmark Street, which is like the guitar heaven of London. <laughs> well, you know, you'll find this interesting, and so will uh, our fans. That when I watch a lot of YouTube channels where I'm again trolling for talent to interview, I can't tell you how often I see people playing Luna guitars. Really? Oh, a that's lot. good to know, because I think they're such a lovely brand, but I don't often see them. It has stuck out to me, in fact, that mm. of all the guitars people could play, you know, you get the Taylors and the Martins uh, mostly, but probably after that, you know, it probably is uh, Luna or Yamaha are the next yeah. brand that I see the most of. Well, good on but them. I'm a big fan. It speaks well of them. They're getting yeah. traction among the artsy crowd mm. in the UK, so good for them. Let's get back to a little sidebar here a little bit. Do you have kids, married, family? Tell us a little bit about that that people might want to know. Uh, well, I just recently got engaged, actually. Um, so, yeah, I am getting married uh, next September. Uh, yeah, and so that's where I am at the moment. No kids. My my first marriage. <laughs> Hopefully my last as well. <laughs> I live with my fiancé, Connor. He's also a musician. Yeah, we're just sort of living the musician life and, and getting married next year. And I've got um, lovely parents and two big brothers. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a musician also? Yes. What does he do? He plays guitar and sings as well. Okay. He also writes, but he mostly does covers gigs, and and he's a real like entertainer. So he does uh, he does the the big Friday and Saturday nights in in a lot of Irish pubs. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Good for him. Now, I meant to ask you this earlier. You mentioned university. What was your major at university? I actually didn't study music at uni, which surprises people. I did uh, English and English literature. So I was always uh, at school. Music was a big subject for me, but also I really loved reading and, and uh, obviously poetry and things like that. And I felt like it was really intrinsically linked with music in a big way. So, uh, yeah, it was probably my best subject over music was, was English. So, yeah, so I did an English degree. I think it's so linked with the arts, even though it's sort of seen it more of a humanity. I think it is. English is basically an arts degree. <laughs> Let's get to another song. Tell us about Stay Like This. Well, that is actually my most recent original single that I uh, put out in August. And um, it is sort of about that kind of end of summer feeling. And I wrote it when I was, I did a little tour with my band um, and we got to go out to Austria to play some shows. We had the most amazing time and it was such a wonderful trip and such a great group of people that when we got to the end of it and we were kind of having our last day there, I just felt 
the happiest I'd ever felt, but somehow the saddest because I just felt like I'm so happy, but I'm so sad that this happy time is going to come to an end. Uh, and it's kind of that sort of feeling that I get at the end of summer or sometimes on Boxing Day, you know, after Christmas and I'm you're, you're with your family and, and you're happy, but you're also sad because you know that it's coming to an end. And yeah, I, I guess it's just kind of about all that that feeling of, uh, of trying to live in the moment, but not being able to help slightly worrying about what the future will hold i guess and just wishing that you could stay young and stay in that moment forever okay and here is stay like this great too thank very you very upbeat i like it i'm just i find Thanks. myself sort of bouncing in the chair you know that's what we like to hear thank you well yeah yeah <laughs> how is the business of music and busking how well are you doing in it i mean you don't have to give us hard figures of course but do you feel like you're earning a living doing this yeah, I am. And, you know, I, even though obviously uh, I don't mean to mention too much the pandemic, but actually even since the pandemic, since I've gotten back to busking and back to gigging, I've been really worried about how that how quickly that work is going to come back in and about how good business will be. But actually this summer I was busier than ever. I, th I think it might have been my busiest summer I've ever had in terms of work. So, uh, yeah, it's been really, really busy. There's been a lot of 
generosity as well to buskers. I think potentially because people know that it's been a hard year, people have been really, uh, really generous and and really supportive. And um, and then a lot of, of paid gigs have come in as well. So yeah, I'm I'm making a, a good living actually. I'm uh, I'm really pleasantly surprised. I always kind of thought with making a living from busking and even music, I always said I'm just going to do it until I'm not making any enough money to pay my bills or it's not fun anymore. And so far, so good. <laughs> wow, that's good. And, you know, the reason I ask that is because I, I've highlighted that you use calendars and, uh, you know, you, you approach it in a professional way that others just don't do. Mm. You know, some of the people I interview, I would say most are not buskers full time. Okay. Mm-hmm even though most of them have had some experience in busking. The ones that I find fascinating are the ones that I almost think of as the new economy for artists trying to get started. They're busking, they're putting out music, they're getting recognized, they're getting seen more, much more than they would have doing it old school where, Mm -hmm. you know, they hope to get that contract. I I started out busking and I, I think I honestly hoped that I would be like discovered and maybe someone would sign me and I could have a record contract. And then on that same path, I realized that I could build something where I wouldn't need that. And now it, I can't really imagine wanting that anymore. It, just, it doesn't appeal to me at all. I feel like I have complete control of everything that I write and everything I release and everything that I do. And I just feel really proud of what I've built. And I want to hold on to that independence. And I, I, could, I wouldn't want to be under any kind of uh, record label or anything. So I just, I feel grateful to have that control. And, and you know, the internet is what's really made that possible with, as you say, I, I run the busking almost like a business day to day I try and make sure I'm going out and I treat it as not only income but also promotion for myself and then I use all my other time to to be pushing myself on social media and things like that um and uh, to to get my music heard really is the is the goal and I'm I'm doing that so I I uh, I could I don't sort of dream of having a label anymore I I am my label or the the fans are my label uh you mentioned you had a band do you still play with a band when you travel Yes. So yeah, I have a backing band uh, that I use for, as I said, as I mentioned earlier, like I do the busking kind of solo and acoustic. And then when I do a live show, I like to bring the band in to just have sort of something bigger for the for people to pay pay for a ticket for, you know? Yeah. And how big is that band? It is uh, me and then four others. So I have an electric guitarist, drummer, keyboards and bass. Wow. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, sometimes we mix it up. Sometimes we also bring a cellist in and then I don't have the um, bass or the drums and we just have the keys, cello and sometimes electric guitar. So every now and then, but the, 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 main, the main players are those, those four. Well, you know, with all that additional firepower behind you, you ought to pick up your flute again. and uh, Maybe I should. You yeah, should. I you should, should bring it that, in. Because now you don't have to carry the load, right? You've got, yeah. you know, a keyboard player or guitar player that can give you that foundation and... You know, you can, can do, do a little flute solo. You can yeah. do some Jethro Tull type stuff with uh, we love it with yeah. the flute, right? When I watch your videos, I notice that you have a lot of flowers. <laughs> I do, yeah. So okay, I've got to ask, what's with all the flowers? I don't know really. I think I just when I was busking um, a lot of the time around uh, 2012 when I started, it was kind of a trend that everyone had these like flower crowns. Uh, and everyone wore I them. So that I, trend, I, by the way. Yeah. So <laughs> I I would wear these flower crowns, and then, like I said earlier, about kind of going to the same spot and having people come back and find you. A lot of people said, "Oh, I didn't know if you were here," and then I saw you and I recognized you because of the flowers. Um, so I kind of just made that my like thing to 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 stand out a little bit because I'm obviously in you know the streets of London and and it's busy and there's things going on I wanted people to know that they were definitely seeing the same act again when they pass by so I uh, would always wear a flower crown when I performed and I actually um I saw um Fleetwood Mac perform before Stevie Nicks came on stage they brought this mic stand on and it was covered in like black ribbons and we all kind of gasped like oh wow that's her mic stand and I just thought that was such a cool effect to be present on stage without even being there so I thought I need to do something with my mic stands and flowers had kind of become my thing so I always dress my mic stand when I'm busking with uh with white flowers uh that you know just little fake roses that I put around but it just kind of 
of is it all kind of feels like I'm setting the stage and I am uh you know stepping into my sort of busker persona if you will but it but the persona is just also me <laughs> but yeah kind of flowers is a big part of that yeah it's a, a signature I've seen it in some of the photography done of you but not all of it which is kind of refreshing also that you yeah well I think there's two kind of looks that I have I think uh is like the flowers but then also like I wrap up warm because I, I play all through the the winter so I I'm playing all through through you know the cold days in London so a beanie hat or some kind of woolly hat is also something you might see in a lot of my my uh photography because that's the kind of the two looks I'm either in flowers for summer or wrapped up warm for winter so do you have merchandise <laughs> I do. I have some t-shirts that have a, like a, a Ferris wheel for um, copyright reasons. It's not the London Eye, but it's uh, a, fer a Ferris wheel right. and then Big Ben and I'm in the middle. And I also have this uh, kind of bike design because I also ride a bike and I, I attach all of my busking equipment onto a trailer on the back of my bike. Oh, good for uh, you. So yeah, so it's good exercise. So I've kind of got an image of me on a bike and I, I'm wearing a flower flower crown cycling away, cycling down the streets of London. You ought to get a Charlotte Campbell woolly hat that you can wear. I really should. I really should do that. You know, yes. You could get a logo slapped on one of those. and Yeah, you know, that should be my thing. It really it. should. People yeah, I should it. do it. Okay, yeah. that's my next that's my next adventure. That's how you brand yourself. Yes. You know, this is free in the interview. You get Thank this Thank you. Free. Appreciate it. <laughs> so uh, that's very good. Let's talk about Back to Ohio. Tell us about that song. Well, so this is an interesting one because I think a lot of my branding has kind of been London and a lot of like stuff that I sing about and talk about is London. Um, but I got a really great opportunity from someone who saw me busking uh back in, it must be 2015 now, they saw me busking and they invited me out to Ohio to play a gig. I said, yeah, amazing, America, I'll do it, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> and then I told a couple of people, oh, I'm going out to play a gig in America. And they were like, oh, where? You know, LA, is it New York? Are you going to Nashville? Like, what's happening? And I was like, oh, it's it's in Ohio. And they were all like, eh, where is that? <laughs> where in Ohio? Um, Toledo. Toledo, yes, yeah. I have family in, in Columbus, so... Oh, cool. Yeah. And then I, well, the funny thing is that same year, I, uh, I met these two great girls who were living in London briefly and, uh, and they, they'd come out from, from Columbus, Ohio. They left London and they t said to me, you know, if you're ever in Ohio, and I thought, I'm never going to be. <laughs> and then I got this gig and I, and I said, you won't believe it, but I am going to be in Ohio. So I'm going to come and see you. And so I went out to Ohio and everyone I met was just charming. Everyone was so friendly and kind. And I made this trip to Toledo. I went down to Columbus. I just had such a wonderful time and I felt really at home there. And in that same trip, I went down to Nashville and, you know, I liked it, but I, as I said, I, I spent more time in the Airbnb, I think. <laughs> I, I'd been over to California and I do have some family there who are really lovely. Um, but I just, I never found the people that I met there particularly sort of friendly, I guess, you know, in, in, in LA. It's LA, you know, it's it's all about the looks. And I know that there's other parts of California, but personally, I don't have really seen LA. So uh, yeah, I kind of always felt in LA like I was putting on a front. And then when I went to Ohio, I just felt really at home and I thought it was a nice idea to write about how it's the people that make a place not the place itself sometimes okay well let's get to back to Ohio City lights. Four one nine. It feels like coming home for the first time. Never thought I'd see those midwestern skies in this light. But I'm coming home, and I don't miss California. I never liked LA.
fly over and never touch down for that little house It's given me so much to talk about Nothing compares to it now So I don't miss California I never liked LA I love it. Thank you. I don't know why you aren't <laughs> sending so that song out to program directors in Ohio and I, I need to. TV I just stations. don't know. Yeah, they will so pick that song up, especially because you're from the UK, and there's a mm. connection there, a vibe there. Ah. I know. I need Fun to. Song. I need to get back out to Ohio and and figure out, meet some people to send it to. I think. Yeah, if you know anyone in Ohio, you can send it to. That would be great. <laughs> I've got this vision of what that, where that song can go. And oh, cool. I can't say that about every song I've heard uh, from artists. Although I have to say I've liked every song. Uh, I haven't heard anything that I haven't liked. Oh, well, thank you. What separates your songs from some of the others is it's upbeat, it's bright, and you are consistently that way. Mm. You know, some artists that, you know, we've had, some of them have pretty dark music, you know. Yeah. And it, it's still well-written. It's well-produced. Uh, they've got hooks, you know, because people only bring their best songs, right? That yeah. They want people to hear. So they're they're good. But some of them are kind of dark and brooding. Yeah. Uh, and I think for a lot of people, they write music, you know, in that kind of therapeutic way to get those feelings out. And, you know, I, I do too, but I, I think I... I write music. I really, really, what I want is to make people happy. And that's the what I want music. And that's what music's always done for me. Maybe that's because I come from a sort of musical theatre background. So where everything is kind of looking on the bright side of a lot of things, you know, and bursting into song. I feel oh, like yeah. that's kind of what I want to do to people. I want people to burst into song. I think that should be real life. So <laughs> I want my songs to be the kind of songs that people want to burst into, you know. <laughs> so do you have any hobbies or things that keep you fresh because they're sort of a different thing to do with yourself? Honestly, I don't. I know it's, I, I, it's, I, I'm often asked it in, in interviews and I feel so embarrassed, but I, I really don't have it. Music has always kind of consumed me and I, and it's always been my hobby and I kind of made it my career. And I think that can be really dangerous for a lot of people, but uh, luckily it's always kind of stayed quite fresh to me. I've, I definitely don't have balance. I would say most of my friends and anyone in my life would say I, I, I am considered to be like working all the time, but I don't really see it that way because yeah, I think it's like a classic, that classic phrase. Um, you know, if you find, I, I'm going to butcher this phrase, but if you find something that you love, that you can do for work you'll never work a day in your life you know that phrase <laughs> uh, you know if you do what you love then uh, and uh, I'm just I, I consider myself very lucky to be able to make my living from music but I I feel like I make my living from music but I, I barely work 
<laughs> yeah, it's, you know, every day is play pretty much. So, so I meant uh, to ask yeah. you this earlier, and it's about your busking and uh, the videos. Who does the recording? Do you set up your own stuff? Are you a, like a, a one-person show when you go out there? Um, yeah, I mean, for, for the for recording, I don't have that many, unfortunately, recordings of me busking. And many of the ones that I do are just things that people have sent me just recorded on iPhones or, you know, on sometimes slightly better cameras. But yeah, no, I don't I don't do a lot of live recording of the busking. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I just kind of uh, have gotten lucky with with a few recordings that people have sent me. Uh, but yeah, pretty much just set it all up on my own for the uh, for, for the setup and the uh Oh, yeah, all my display and everything, that's all just me. <laughs> You've got enough videos out there that it got traction with me. But I find that I, I don't really hear in the stuff you post that you're repeating music. And that's a good thing, mm, by the way. That's great. I don't yeah, mean that's that really a bad good. Thing. Because so many buskers think that once they nail a song, mm. posting 10 versions of that is going to get them all kinds of attention. And it won't. It gets people bored. They go. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I would never dream really of placing the same song multiple times. I can only times, hear yeah. you sing the same song, you know, so many times before I'm moving on to somebody mm -hmm. else. And that happens a lot with people that get on regular busker channels. Let's face it, when you're busking, you don't need a large repertoire, right? You might be able to do five or six songs and that's all you do because yeah. people come and go they might stay for a couple, but they're not staying for the next hour, right? Mm. They're going to, most of them won't. So they'll never hear a repeat yeah. for, for all intents and purposes. But if you're committed to recording, your fans out there in YouTube land or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok now, they're going to get tired of hearing the same stuff. So that's when, you know, variety uh, pays Absolutely. Off, so. And as, as, we, as we talked about earlier, I do have like regular people that come down and see me as well. And they don't want to hear the same songs. And I don't want to be singing the same songs. You know, that's boring for me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I have a kind of repertoire of songs that I know get what we call in the busker world drops, which is, you know, money. Um, so uh, I, I have, you know, probably 10 songs that are like popular right now or just general busker songs that I know will do well but you know in an hour I probably played 20 songs so the other 10 songs that I play will be ones that I haven't played for weeks maybe to try and you know just keep keep that fresh and keep it interesting for me and and for anyone who's seeing me you know for the second time that week maybe they walk past on their commute then hopefully they're going to catch a different song that is my aim yeah just keeping it real exactly that's what we're doing <laughs> Okay, Charlotte, tell us how people can get in touch with you on social media. Well, I'm on all all the social medias that you can think of, all the big names. Uh, Twitter, I'm on Instagram, uh, I'm on YouTube, uh, Facebook. So I tend to answer comments and, and tweets and, and DMs if you send me any messages or comments on there. I always try and get back to people. I've got a website. You can email me on uh, charlottecampbell.co.uk. And it's all under Charlotte Campbell, so you can find me uh, wherever, really. So there's no other Charlotte Campbells we have to worry about competing with? I think I'm the main one. I'm the main player. The yeah. Main if one. you yeah, I think I'm the top search result. There are other Charlotte Campbells aspiring to be you. There are. I think um there they wasn't be a, the top th Charlotte. There was a Miss Great Britain that was was called Charlotte Campbell <laughs> and uh, so uh, and uh, I was not often mistaken for her, I'll tell you that. Well, yeah, I <laughs> but, guess. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And uh, so let me understand this. When people contact you, you're doing all the answering of the inquiries. So I am. So people know I if am. they get something back, it's from Charlotte. It is directly That's from me, great. yes. That is, that is absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Charlotte, it has been absolutely amazing talking with you. Yeah, it has. Thank you so much. It's, uh, I'm so glad we found a good time as well. It's great. You have a wonderful day and a wonderful week, and I'm sure we'll be in touch. Absolutely. That would be great. Thank okay. you so much, Tim. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Speak to you. And that was our interview with Charlotte Campbell. I really enjoyed talking with her today. I'm sure you did too. You can find her on all the various social media sites from Facebook and YouTube to Instagram and even TikTok. You can find her, some of her latest music, on Spotify. She has a website. Be sure to check the show notes for that because she even has merchandise to sell you. And it's really cool stuff. So, for Local Open Mic, I'm your host, Tim Heath. Remember, get up on the stage, step up to that microphone. The world is listening. 